We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One of the games is being played the same day as Notre Dame, so that'll be tomorrow night, is the Clemson-Tennessee game. And this game really fascinates me in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, Ryan, because honestly, these teams are going to look really different than what they did during the regular season. And yep. you and I were talking about this last night. The game is tomorrow night at 8 o'clock on ESPN. It is the Orange Bowl. Now, this is a great storyline. This is the fun part of this. It's the Orange Bowl between Tennessee and Clemson. I mean, could you have a better pairing in the Orange Bowl <laughs> than Tennessee and Clemson? Uh, no, you cannot, is the answer. You know, both of these teams finished in the top 10. Tennessee finished the year ranked six. Clemson finished the year ranked seventh. But you're going to have brand new quarterbacks for both teams, sort of, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Joe Milton did start the last, what, two games of the year, or at least last game of last game of the year against Vanderbilt. They didn't, they, they looked so, I mean, they ran the ball down Vanderbilt's throat. They didn't, I don't even they think did. they even threw for 200 yards. This is a team that just ripped everybody up throwing the football throughout the year. Looked way different. You have Joe Milton, a quarterback, and he's not going to have Cedric Tillman or Jalen Hyatt. You've got a Clemson team where DJ Uyunglele is now off to Oregon State. I think I got finally got it right, and it you actually did. sounded somewhat normal. Uh, you're not going to have Miles Murphy. You're not going to have Trenton Simpson. So these teams are going to look a whole lot different, Ryan. And, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's really a game where you're talking about two teams that are sort of so it's kind of a let's prepare for next year type of game. But I think this is a this is an important game for these two teams. I'm I'm disappointed with all the opt-outs mm-hmm. just because I would have loved to have seen these two teams healthy. Uh, but I do think for Clemson, the opt-outs favor them a little bit more because they, they are still loaded on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And I think they should have moved on to – I don't think Dabo would have benched DJ to start this game. I think he still would have started DJ. There's a loyalty with Dabo – that sometimes, you know, just I, I appreciate it. You know, he, he the fact that he waited as long as he did to move on from Kelly Bryant to Trevor Lawrence shows the loyalty he has. I mean, that should have happened in fall camp. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? Like, um, but with Klubnik now, I think this offense has a much better chance of looking like it should look. I'm not a big right. fan of Brandon Streeter. I've never been a big fan of the Clemson offense from a a play calling standpoint. They've always just had great players and really, really good quarterbacks. And I think mm-hmm. Klubnik is going to get them back to that because 
you're going to have a legitimate throwing weapon now, in my opinion, that's going to take some of the burden off of the run game. And it's going against a, a defense that's just flat out not good. So right. to me, I give Clemson the advantage there for Tennessee. Look, they're still talented. It's just with Tennessee, what I don't know, Ryan, is do they want to be here or not? Like right. this is a team that failed to show up late in the year with a playoff on the line against South Carolina. And we're hearing stories about one of their linebackers being envious of the attention that their quarterback is getting. And it creates a locker room fight and you don't show up against South Carolina. This team is, I I, I don't know where this team is going to be. I don't know where the headspace is going to be. And that's what makes this game hard to predict even beyond just the opt-outs. So Right. Uh, that's the storyline for this game. Ryan, Vince D'Addario predicted Clemson to win 28-27. Sean Davis predicted Clemson to win 27-23. Sean Styers predicted Tennessee to win 34-30. And Andrew McDonough went with a low-scoring game. Clemson third 21, Tennessee 16. Ryan, what is your prediction and how do you see this game playing out? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I, I picked Clemson 28 to 24 in this one over Tennessee. And you hit on a lot of the reasons, Brian. I, as I, we're working through this list of games, I've realized that a lot of my predictions were kind of based upon how bought in I think that teams are to be in these football games, you know, and I think that you have to be in the in the age that we're in with these bowl games of so many opt-outs. I know that, you know, you mentioned that there's a couple on Clemson's side, but one thing I think, you know, there's a lot of shade that's thrown at, at Dabo Sweeney, but w- with the program that he has built and the success they've had, they've always been pretty bought in, right? Like they built, they buy into what Dabo has kind of built there in South Carolina at the university of Clemson. So I think Clemson's going to be ready to play Tennessee. I'm not as sold on being ready to play in this football game. And it's no, nothing against Josh Heupel. It's nothing about what he's building. Cause I think he's doing a really nice job. It's just, I think you're seeing with the opt-outs. I mean, first and foremost, you don't have headed hooker again in this game after getting hurt a couple games ago during the South Carolina game. I'm not a big fan of Joe Milton. Never have been. I think that the team kind of had to transform a little bit down the stretch and, it worked, but you're playing against a much against better Vanderbilt. defense. Exactly. Yeah. 
you're playing against a much better run defense <laughs> than Vanderbilt in this game. You're going against a really staunch defense in Clemson, even without Miles Murphy, even without Trenton Simpson. They still have guys like Barrett Carter and Brian Brissy and and you know uh, KJ Henry, and they they still got a bunch of guys that are going to play football in the NFL, right? So you still have them going against a much better defense, and you don't have Jalen Hyatt, you don't have Cedric Tillman. I just don't know if the passing game is going to be balanced enough against a quality Clemson defense to just run down their throats. Like, I just don't think that's going to happen. Although I know Notre Dame fans are thinking, but Notre Dame did it, but it's a one game admiration. I think a little bit. Well, and Notre Dame's a different animal than Tennessee. Yes. Tennessee doesn't have the Notre Dame offensive line or Notre Dame running backs. Agreed. And, and so no, that's not going to work. And, and here's nothing. I don't think it works as well. If Kate Klubnik is the starter from beginning to end, I think it would have been a more competitive game. Now they threw him into a bad situation, Ryan, and he mm-hmm. threw the bat pick, but if he was a starter, I think it would have looked different. I think Notre Dame still wins, yeah. but it would have looked different, in my opinion. And I think it's a great, great little segue there, too, Brian, because the last piece was about Cape Klubnik for me, right? And it's more simply this. When you compare the quarterbacks in this football game, Cade Klubnik showed me a lot more in the last game he played than what Joe Milton has shown me from a passing perspective over the last couple of games that he's had to play. Or his so, entire career. Yes. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take the passing edge. I'll give it to Clemson's quarterback in the in this regard. I think that they're I'm not sold on the body on how Tennessee is going to buy into playing in this football game. And I don't think they're going to be able to run the football as effectively as they have down the stretch without Hendon Hooker. So give me Clemson 28 to 24. Still think Tennessee makes a couple plays, you know, Brew McCoy, Jabari Small, a couple solid running backs, but I still think that Clemson is able to win a yeah. a tight, highly contested game in this one. Uh, Archer made this comment. Uh, he said that if Hendon Hooker was playing, he'd take Tennessee, and I would too. If Hendon Hooker was playing, and even even without the two receivers, they rip up that Clemson secondary. It's a not a good secondary, and that's why. I, I, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, and if Hendon Hooker does play in this football game, if he's available and he chooses to play, both the receivers probably end up playing in this football but game. At least so one like, of them might. <laughs> yeah, I think Tillman exactly. still might have opted out just because of the injuries. The injuries. You sure. know, and I would that would have made sense to me. But you maybe Hyatt plays in this game if if he plays. But even if he doesn't, I still think they rip up that that. Clemson secondary it's it's just not good and now you're putting pressure on uh, Cade Klubnik to have to score to keep up and that's a lot to put on a freshman you know but I I look at it Ryan and I see it as a game that that I just think that I don't see Tennessee stopping this Clemson offense and it's not even a great Clemson offense it's a talented Clemson offense they're still not coached very well in my opinion but the offensive line was solid this year it was solid it was a traditional Clemson offensive line not a traditional Clemson skill set and it really comes down to the fact that they couldn't get the ball out to their receivers it's they're not great receivers but all of a sudden those receivers looked a whole lot better as soon as Cade Klubner got put into that game that's not a coincidence Mm -hmm. right because he's accurate and get the ball where it needs to go now as I've always said Ryan it's a lot easier to be a effective quarterback when you're coming off the bench as opposed to when you're you know a guy you've got to be the guy Right. Mm-hmm. But Cade Klubnik to me has been playing in front of the spotlight for years. I mean, he played at one of the biggest high schools in the state of Texas. You know, yes. that, that long stretch of games they never lost. Well, he was a primary reason for that. He went at his yeah. last high school game. He absolutely ripped up the Denton Geyer defense with Peyton Bowen and, <laughs> and Ryan Yates and Eli Bowen and all those kind of guys. Right. And, and so he, he's a guy that I think is going to handle the pressure. Well, I don't think he chose to go. He, you choose to go to Clemson if you're not going to handle the pressure. Well, 
and and when he came into that game, that it just completely turned around. All of a sudden, the tight ends look better. All of a sudden, the receivers look better. And all of a sudden, this looks like a competent offense. And I think, I mean, did, did you ever look at the stat line of that game, Ryan? It was insane. Um, 15 so. different players caught passes in that game. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Typically, so, it's like seven players yeah. catch a pass or so. Right. <laughs> now, some of them caught passes from the backups because like Hunter, Hunter Johnson played. Uh, and one of the 15 players that pet catch a pass in that game was Cade Klubnik, right? So not only does he go uh, 20 of 24 for 279 yards passing, but he rushed the ball seven times for 30 yards in a touchdown, and he caught a pass for 19 yards. So he's a much more natural football player than DJ. So I yeah. think that's really what it comes down to. I think he's going to hit some passes early against a really bad Tennessee secondary. That's going to soften up the Tennessee defense. And then and second, it's going to look a lot like, to me, the Notre Dame game, Ryan. Mm-hmm. In, in that you know the pass game is going to be key early. That's going to open things up for the run game, and the second half is going to be about Will Shipley and Phil Moffa just running it down Tennessee's throat. And then when Tennessee loads the box over the top to Bo Collins or Cole Turner or one of the tight ends, so I, I think this game's not going to be overly competitive, in my opinion. So Ryan, those are those are there. There's a couple other big games, we'll, or a couple other the the, the games we'll, we'll we'll talk about a little bit. I don't want to get into them too much because they're still down the road. The the Rose Bowl. Uh, Utah and Penn State. Just quickly give our predictions for those games, Ryan, and then the uh, the Cotton Bowl with Tulane and USC. I don't care to talk much about. That's going to be an ugly <laughs> game. The two. I mean, we saw what happened. I mean, look what happened to UCF, the runner up in the AAC. Look what happened to them. And Cincinnati was the number three team in the ACC. AAC. Look what happened to them. They got rolled by Louisville. They did. I mean, Louisville threw for under 100 yards, I believe, in that game and still smacked Cincinnati. UCF just got destroyed by Duke yesterday. The AAC stinks. And I love I love Tulane and the story and all that stuff. They're going to get rolled by USC. I don't see this USC team showing up like they don't want to be here. We've seen very few opt-outs at USC, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're going to be ready to play. Jordan Addison's not playing, right? But, I mean, that's a position where they're totally fine missing a guy. Yeah, I don't think this game's going to be overly close, Ryan. So um, my prediction for the game was uh, I'm pulling up because we had we'll, ha- we'll have a prediction article coming out. We just haven't published it yet. Um, mm-hmm. But my prediction is 41-24, and and I and it may not even be that close. And I know yours was a, a little closer than mine, but why, why do you 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 had 35-24, Ryan? Yes. Do you see it being a competitive game? Now, my, mine's 35-24 where Tulane scores a late touchdown okay. or touchdown field goal late in the game, and it makes it look a little more respectable. I think for me, I, I, my prediction I put, I think that USC might sleepwalk through the first quarter or so, and it might be a, like a little bit of a tightly contested game. But as soon as Caleb Williams and those guys get like going, you know what I mean? I just yeah. don't think that Tulane has the – just don't think they have the guys to cover – the Jordan Addison's of the world, even if he's not playing Taj Washington, the, you know, the talented receivers that they have. I just think that USC has too much firepower. So I think it's a, I think it's a lopsided game where Tulane scores one late to make it look a little more competitive than it was. And I actually think they can run the ball on USC. Taj mm-hmm. Spears is really good. The problem is I just don't think they have any shot at stopping USC and yeah. it's going to be quickly 21 to seven and they can't just keep running the football. Right. And I, Tulane has a really talented quarterback and a really talented running back and an offensive line that's playing better. Uh, mm-hmm. Nice foundation laid there by by Chris Watt, by the way. So just want to get that out there. Uh, but uh, 
I just don't think it's going to be a close enough game for them to do it. And they do not have the playmakers on the perimeter for this to be a, a to, to make plays on USC, in my opinion. No, no. I mean, they have a great uh, duo of receivers named Deuce Watts and Fat Watts. That's fantastic yeah. names. No, the names are great. The names, the names are, are great. great. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like your mention of Ty J. Spears, though. He's going to the Senior Bowl. He's a he's had a really mm-hmm. nice season at running back on top of having Michael Pratt, obviously, in this football game. Like I said, I think that they'll be able to you know, be respectable offensively. I think they'll score a couple touchdowns, especially late in this game. But ultimately, I just don't think that defensively Tulane has the dudes to cover this USC team in long stretches. I don't think they have the defensive linemen. I know Darius Hodges is a pretty good defensive end, but I don't think they have the defensive linemen in general that are going to be happy or conditioned to chase around Caleb Williams all day. I just don't think that's in their best cards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contain high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. If, you, if, you, if people out there, if you don't know who Tajay Spears is, go watch the AAC championship game. And good just football player, man. Just watch it. He's really good. There's no doubt. Rose Bowl, Ryan, Utah against Penn State. Just briefly, that'll be – I think both of those games are going to be played on January 2nd, so they're still several days away. I think this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, mm-hmm. Vince predicted a blowout. Everybody else predicted a, a pretty close game. Everybody has Utah winning. All of us have Utah winning, but we all have Utah winning in a, in a close game. I think the thing that yeah. hurts the thing that hurts Penn State is if Parker Washington and Joey Porter played, they may have a shot to win this game. Yes, winning those two guys opting out, it, uh, it's you know now you're now you're saying okay, basically it's going to be up to Sean Clifford to win this game. I think I, um, I, I think I saw yesterday Britton Strange just to clear for the draft too. So I don't know if he's going to be playing in this full game or not. That's so, not yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had 27-24 in this one in favor of Utah, mostly because of what you said, Brian. Like, I think that Utah is going to have more of their dudes in this football game. Right. And I just haven't been – like, Penn State's always going to be a talented team. There's no doubt. Like, they have guys, right, because right? they recruit at a high level. Like, there's always going to be talent in that room. Right. I just – they just haven't impressed me overly this year. I mean, they haven't beaten a ton of quality opponents at this point. They haven't really beaten a quality opponent just in general most of the year. So playing against a quality Utah team that is pretty fundamentally sound and I think will want to be there a little bit, just give me Utah in a close one because I don't think that Utah has 
Like, it's not like I, I, I think that Penn State probably has more talent than Utah. I just think Utah is a little bit more bought in, a little more physically yeah. of opposing teams. So I think that they will adapt to Kyle Whittingham's personality in this one, and they'll win a yeah. tight game because I just think that they'll be mentally prepared for this one. Because I think the only two guys opting out for them were Kincaid because the injuries yes. and then Sean uh, Clark Phillips, right? But the mm-hmm. thing is, with Parker Washington opting out, I don't know if Penn State has the pass game to take advantage of that. You know, like Lambert's a nice player, and and I'm forgetting the name of the other third receiver. They had a decent receiving core this year, but Parker Washington was the weapon, was the threat. And on look, they showed against USC that if Dalton Kincaid can go down, and they're fine. I mean, they well, didn't they're, miss they're, a beat. They're they're tight. They're backup tight end whose name I can't remember right now. He's a quality kid, man. He's averaging like yeah. 20 yards a catch this year, over 300 yards. So they yeah. they have dudes in that tight end room still. Right, and and I. I mean, Dalton Kincaid's a nice player, but in my opinion, I've said this before, I, I think he was more of a product of that's a tight end, good tight end system. You know what I mean? And that's to me where it where it kind of comes down to. They'll, they'll, they'll be fine there. They'll be fine. So I went, uh, I went 27-20. I think it'll be kind of a boring game, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> I'm not it's, not, it's not looking forward to it. Now, there's another couple other games being played. Ryan, that are going to be less boring. And those are the, uh, well, actually, let's quickly get to the, uh, I forgot the Sugar Bowl before we get to the playoff games. Let's talk about the Sugar Bowl a little bit, Ryan. Number five, Bama against number nine, Kansas State. I honestly thought a week ago that Kansas was, Kansas State was going to have a chance to win this game because I did not at all anticipate Bryce Young and Will Anderson playing. I, and, and look, Kansas State can beat Alabama with Jalen Milrow. But two things about this now. I, I now don't think it's going to be a competitive game, right? I'm going 31-17 because here's the way I look at it. My concern with Bama all year has been two things. Number one, I think their coordinators are below average, mm-hmm. right? Just I've been I've been on this since the summer, and, and it got proved out this year. And number two, you question the buy-in at Bama this year. And there's been even internally, there's been discussions about how NIL is changing the culture of the team and all these other type of things, right? The fact that your two dudes opted to play in this game with no championship on the line, I don't, I, I have a hard time seeing the buy-in being an issue now. Because it's kind of like, hey, I'm playing in this game and I promise you I'm getting picked higher than you this year. And <laughs> that's Will Anderson and Bryce Young can both say that. That right. was a statement to me that I was not expecting to see be sent by Alabama's leaders. Mm-hmm. And so I see Bama showing up in this game. Now, K-State's got a really good defense, best defense mm-hmm. in the Big 12, in my opinion. And, and Alabama will hit some plays, but I don't think Alabama's going to score, score like 50 on them. I don't, I don't see that, but mm-hmm. I also don't think it's going to be competitive because with Bryce Young, I can see 31 to 37 points by Bama, and I don't think Will Howard and this K-State offense can keep up. I love Deuce Vaughn. He's mm-hmm. a special player, Ryan, but mm-hmm. I just don't see a scenario in which without, you know, with 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 Bryce Young and, and Will Anderson playing, I don't see a scenario where they can protect him enough, Will Howard enough, and if Will Howard's good enough to make enough plays on the perimeter stick to keep up in this game. I just I, – I don't I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm a little more uh, – a little more pos- – I'm not going to say positive, but I have a little more of an expectation that – Kansas State's going to come and play in this football game. And I know you mentioned with Bryce Young and Will Anderson playing in this game, it appears that Alabama is completely bought in, but I still have some reservations about them coming in this football game just because I think that Kansas State 
is going to look at the team across from them and say, like, that's Alabama. We need to play our best game, right? right? And I still think there's going to be something in the back of some Alabama's players' minds of, like, it's a Big 12 team, you know? Like, that's Kansas State, you know? Like, it's it's not, it's not even one of the big names in the Big 12, right? And I think that there's going to be maybe a little bit of taking a team for granted a little bit during this football game early on. And I think that – this at halftime, I wouldn't be shocked if this was like a 14 to 13 game. Yeah. Alabama's winning, and then in the second half, I think that that's when Alabama separates themselves a little bit. So I had a 28 to 20, but that, again, that's a 28 to 20 where I think it's like 14 13 at halftime. Alabama eventually gets up like 28 13, and then Kansas State knocks one in with like a minute left. You know what I mean? Where it's like you know at the at the the precipice of this game when the game mattered most. Alabama was winning by two scores and their defense was playing a good football yeah. game. Right. So I think that yeah. they are going to separate themselves, but I think Kansas state's just one of those pesky teams that will stay in the game. Even yep. if they ultimately don't win. Yep. I have a 31, 17, similar fashion. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they can score enough to win. That's fair. Uh, I, I just don't Now I don't think, like I said, I don't think Bama's going to rip them up because number one, Bama doesn't have a great receiving core. They don't run the ball all that great. And their offensive line was just kind of okay, and I don't think their coordinator's that good. But they've got a special kid at quarterback. And and I just don't think that that K-State has the firepower to, to stay up in this game. And so I don't I – don't, if they get to 20-24, I think it's a late score situation. And, and this – like you said, this is a really well-coached, fundamentally sound, tough football team. They will not be afraid of Bama. They will not back down from Bama. But I just don't think they have the horses to, to play with Bama, a motivated Bama. And I think this is going to be a motivated Bama. Now, motivated to go out and play like they're playing for a title? No, but just to go out there and play, you know, just to just want to be there. Uh, I, again, I, I don't think that happens. I don't think that happens if, if look, if, if Bryce Young doesn't play, even if only Anderson played, if Bryce Young doesn't play, I'm picking Kansas State flat out. And that tells you that I think Kansas State can, can be on the – they deserve to be on the field, Bama. I just think at the end of the day, if it comes down to Bryce Young versus Will Howard, for all the nice things he's done this year, it's just not happening.